0: Hello everyone, welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Arun Samuga, who is Chief Technology Officer at Alemica. And today we're going to talk about blockchain and supply chain management. Now, over the past two years, um, you know, there's probably been no other uh, technology that's gotten as much hype and probably has generated as much confusion, you know, as blockchain. Um, I mean, why is there so much interest in blockchain technology? Um, you know, why, are, uh, you know, where are we today with blockchain in terms of its adoption and, you know, case studies and, and examples out there and, um, you know, will blockchain replace or be complementary with existing network-based platforms that are out there? Well, those are some of the questions that we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have Arun uh, back in the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic. So Arun, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Adrian. I'm glad, uh, glad to be here. And as, as usual, it's a pleasure talking to you.
0: Well, uh, like I said, you know, certainly been a lot of buzz and hype around blockchain technology over the past couple of years, especially as it relates to, to supply chain management. So, you know, as a way to get started, I mean, why so much interest? I mean, what, what potential value does blockchain bring to the industry?
1: You know, I think fundamentally, when you think about buzz and hype, Uh, it's the result of interest. It's a result of something that's uh, triggering uh, expectations in people's mind. And I think what's happening with blockchain is more and more people are able to see some of some extended possibilities, not just purely from a technology standpoint, but the broader repercussion as it relates to businesses and society at large. So it's that interest driven by the possibilities that's creating a lot of hype. However, you know, when you talk about reality, then uh, you need to look at things with the lens, right? So, you know, if you look, if you go back 50 years ago, uh, or even 100 years ago, uh, supply chains were very simple, they were local in in most cases. But now if you look at the situation or the landscape, it's uh, very, very global, and it's extremely complex. So think of a product that goes from one place to another, it changes hands, It undergoes transformation if you're in the process industry. There are various actors involved in the process, and any such process calls for very high levels of visibility, uh, transparency, and, of course, reliability. It needs to occur consistently in a manner that it's uh, expected to. So that's the supply chain space. And then you look at blockchain, and what what does it do? It comes along, and it it guarantees consensus. Uh, It guarantees immutability. Uh, it comes with unprecedented levels of security. So, those three elements together actually directly correspond to provisioning uh, a high level of reliability and integrity that's needed in the supply chain. So, for example, uh, there's no dispute in the chain regarding transactions because all entities are looking at the same thing. Uh, now, of course, Bitcoin came in and uh, created a lot of buzz uh, in, as a cryptocurrency. However, if you look at blockchain as a technology uh, in itself, You're talking about a distributed digital ledger, right? So many applications can use it, that they have the same copy of the data. They use that for exchange. They use that for agreements. They use that for contracts. Uh, You can track the movement of goods, information. And of course, it also, its primary use case that's been successful is payment. So every transaction is recorded on a block, multiple copies on a ledger, extremely secure. So it's very obvious or it's a natural extension in the human mind to extrapolate it to increases in efficiency and transparency and look at it very positively from an impact perspective uh, from all the way from inventory management to proof of delivery to invoice payment. Three critical aspects uh, of a supply chain. And I think one last thing I'd add there is, uh, you know, we talk about uh, autonomous supply chains as being this, uh, you know, the ultimate realization of truth, if I may, as it relates to supply chains uh, from a maturity perspective. Uh, However, if you look at uh, competing technologies in terms of uh, maybe slightly old vendor managed inventory to auto replenishment to, uh, you know, more recently internet of things, machine learning, of course, each, if you take each one of these technologies by themselves, they cannot enable a fully autonomous supply chain. Uh, you need these to work in tandem. You need IoT for data gathering. You need machine learning to treat that data in order to add intelligence to it. And of course, come up with forecasting models uh, so as to either prevent issues in the future or mitigate risks. But ultimately, uh, things need to be traceable. And that's where blockchain fits very well. So there's a lot of talk about blockchain, even as it relates to the autonomous supply chain uh, discussion in general. So uh, with regards to whether it's a hype or not and where it's uh, ending, I mean, it, the more it becomes commonplace, uh, the more supply, more likely supply chains are uh, going to be able to reap the benefits and uh, more it will be evaluated for its impact and less for its hype. And that, that would be where I'd leave that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that that's a great point. I mean, I think whenever there is a new, relatively new technology, if you will, I mean, you know, the 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 potential discussions or the ideas of how it can be applied, you know, certainly outpace you know the the um, you know the the adoption, if you will, and and the learnings that come from you know you know actually testing you know these technologies out. And I, I and I think you're right. I mean, obviously, from a, from a supply chain standpoint you know the fact that supply chains have become much more global much more um uh, uh you know outsourced if you will they become longer and, and so forth many more trading partners involved a lot of transactions having to take place uh between uh, uh you know suppliers and buyers and logistics service providers and customs agencies you know i think uh, on paper you know it lends itself to all the characteristics that blockchain brings to the table that you talked about the security element uh, the transparency and 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 so forth um and i like the way you brought it in within kind of the, some of the broader uh trends that we're seeing out there discussions in you know in terms of the autonomous supply chain machine learning iot because these are all things that ultimately you know uh, will have to work together or will have to be uh, you know part of the um uh, the future state of supply chains if these technologies ultimately uh, get to that point where they m- mature and and start to you know deliver some of these uh, these promises. So so let, let's talk about you know on that journey to getting to the possibilities. I mean, where are we today in in blockchain adoption and supply chain management? Uh, any success stories?
1: I would say you know at a high level, it's uh, mostly in the use case definitions, pilots a proof of concepts kind of stage. Uh, I've not heard of a great successful blockchain story. Uh, now, you know, it may ultimately be a good solution for <clears throat> some types of supply chain problems, but I, I believe it's not, not yet ready for mass adoption uh, because till date, I mean, we've not yet proven the technology's uh, unique value, if I may, to the supply chain sector. I mean, there's a lot of competing technologies that kind of does... Uh, what blockchain is promising on doing right Uh, and then we'll talk about you know public and permission blockchains in a little Uh, however when you look at uh, full transparency and traceability there are solutions uh, currently in the business to business space specifically that already tackle it now can they be improved of course do we need to uh, you know replace it completely with blockchains maybe not Uh, But the gap between blockchain's current capacity and the capacity that supply chains in general need is enormous. So uh, Gartner has an interesting uh, tagline. I think it says you're blockchain inspired, not blockchain enabled, which I think uh, is true because, uh, you know, going back to the public versus permission blockchains, that's where a lot of this nuance uh, comes about. So you can think of it as, uh, you know, public means anybody can access it. Uh, permission or private means a restricted group of people by invite only can access it now even within that there are nuances around open versus closed so you could have a combination like oh, public open public closed permissioned open permission closed and what that means is if it's open it's open for reading and writing if it's closed means it's open for writing but not for reading so then you can come up with different use cases right so If you break it down further and and rationalize it into, say, the B2C space versus the B2B space. So in the B2C space, you will see, uh, and if you you think B2C, public, open. If you drill it down to that level of specificity, then you start looking at Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin. So treat everybody equally. Uh, There's more anonymity. There is no one owner. Everybody's equal because everybody should have the equal rights to exchange bitcoins. So you get into that spectrum, right? But on the other side, now if you think about permission blockchains like Hyperledger, uh, R3, Corda, uh, Quorum, more suited for business-to-business type activities where identity is extremely important. Uh, who reads and writes data is governed and controlled. You don't want you want as many people to write, but you don't want as many people to read. Uh, because they could be pricing information, they could be capacity and quantity information, so it, there's various nuances uh, and different levels of information as it relates to supply chain, data exchange, and collaboration that uh, you know to for me to say that public blockchains will just come and take over whatever is happening uh, it, it it just sounds unreal now, permission blockchains though I think there are some good use cases. Uh, trade Lens blockchain a solution. I think IBM and Maersk recently embarked upon it. Uh, they boast of millions of transactions, which is all great. Uh, the transaction layer is the first step. How do you translate that to value, right? And uh, you and I have spoken about scons and digital supply networks. Uh, we all start there. We start by exchanging data in the name of collaboration. But then we need to build on top of it in order to really enable end-to-end visibility, traceability, uh, now, now, finance was a very, very uh, easy use case because it's just the transfer of funds, you know, it's party A to party B, be done with it, there's not like 20 people who need to be paid. So it was an easier use case to prove from a blockchain perspective. Uh, but I think another interesting use case uh, that's gaining more popularity is, the, uh, is in the food and bed space. I think Walmart in the retail industry is testing uh, a blockchain solution. I think it's called Food Trust. Uh, and it's basically trying to test food safety with leafy vegetables so that ultimately the consumer knows uh, where the problem area was. So, uh, and on the third angle, I would say uh, there's a lot of technology providers out there who are uh, opening up blockchain as a service. They're basically saying, we'll build a blockchain solution for you, and so on. So, I do see a lot of moving parts around the entire ecosystem, not only of supply chain providers. But of supporters of supply chain and technology providers, uh, so I see it coming. Uh, though I see it coming very, very slowly, just because of a lot of issues that need to be taken care of uh, upfront.
0: Yeah, you, you brought up a lot of great, you know, points there, um, and kind of the nuances of what makes kind of supply, you know, uh, blockchain and supply chain management kind of, uh, you know, more challenging. Let's say, or some unique requirements that have to be addressed you know, from that standpoint and the different permutations, if you will, of of how this technology can, you know, can, can be deployed. I mean, I've seen similar types of things as well. Obviously you, you've highlighted some examples there with, with Walmart and and Maersk and and so forth. And I've seen, you know, pilots that have shown some, some successes if you will, but they've been on a, on a relatively speaking on a small scale, right? So, um, you know, generally what I've seen is they've involved the very largest trading partners, right? So Walmart and very large suppliers, right. On a, Uh, you you know, embarking on on testing this out. But the reality is that, as we all know, you know, it's the 80-20 rule, right? You know, 80% of the uh, 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 trading partners out there are small and mid-sized businesses, right? And, And I haven't seen yet, you know, very small companies that may still be operating on, you know, Excel spreadsheets, or they may still be operating on very outdated technology and so forth, you know, getting plugged into this. So I think, you know, ultimately, you know, to make this a broad adoption, you know, it needs to be something that not only the very large players in the industry use or, and have access to, but ultimately it's something that could be affordable and easily deployed by, you know, the smaller, you know, companies uh, as well. And obviously that's where, you know, the, the, the technology providers have a role to play here. So you, know, you you talked about technology providers kind of getting involved with this. I mean, is Alemica participating in, in any blockchain initiatives? Are these being driven
1: by some of your customers? Oh, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, we are actively working on uh, two blockchain projects. Uh, one of them, it, the first one is focused on uh, supplier financing. Uh, it, it's, you can also think of it as um, factoring of invoices. So we partnered with a company called Centrifuge, uh, who's our technology partner for blockchain services. And uh, we are working with a company called CRX, who is the consortium of the financial institute. So the the goal is if a supplier sends an invoice to the Alameda Network to any of the buyers, then we are able to create a, a fingerprint uh, using our, centrif- our uh, you know, relationship with Centrifuge, and then we are able to post it into CRX Markets uh, as as an uh, asset, as a as a token, uh, as an asset. Uh, for, you know, invoice factoring and it's an invoice factoring marketplace. So that will invite the financial institutions to actually provide uh, some financing options for the suppliers. So suppliers ultimately can get funded earlier uh, than the traditional payment cycles from these financial institutes. Uh, And then they get, uh, you know, there's reconciliation with the buyers and so on. So uh, the potential of uh, minted non-fungible tokens uh, to enter, a token economy is pretty huge in that route. So that's something they're excited about. So that's the first project. Uh, The second project is more classic um, invoice automation, if I may. Uh, There are two of, uh, I would say, Elmica's large chemical companies on the network who embarked upon a process where they exchange a lot of invoices amongst each other because they buy and sell from each other. So at the end of the day, if they're processing, as an example, uh, you know, twenty to 30,000 invoices a month, uh, you can just imagine the amount of processing that needs to occur on both companies, accounts payable and accounts receivable. So what we are trying to say is come up with this concept of netting and uh, post everything on the, on the blockchain. We're using a colder blockchain uh, and, uh, you know, just, Cut one invoice at the end of it or, you know, do a delta at the end of the month so that you take the uh, pain of invoice processing away from it, it it obviously falls under the broader bucket of executing an order to cash process on the blockchain. Uh, But I would say invoice netting is probably a subset and a good way to quantify uh, that exercise. And both of these are trending in parallel. I think uh, we should hopefully have some uh, go live announcements uh, early next year. Uh, and in addition, we recently acquired a company called GSQA, a quality management company. And uh, as you can imagine, with raw material quality management, the ability for us to extend it to identifying maybe more value-based use cases in the areas of uh, product provenance, a uh, lot lineage tracking. I think it just opens it up very nicely uh, for us to get into those areas as well. So from our perspective, yes, we are there. We don't want to lose out on the race, but uh, I think we are there cautiously. Uh, but with optimism
0: yeah those, those are great examples and i think that's what i've seen from a lot of you know other technology companies as well that are you know are working on blockchain and you know they're usually linked to you know some key customers that they're working with that are interested in blockchain as well and, and see how within you know their current relationship and their current processes they can start leveraging this and some of these uh, you know use cases so th- those are some some great examples there. Now, you know, as you know, you know, we, we've talked in the past and I've been a big proponent of, you know, supply chain operating networks or digital supply chain, you know, digital supply networks for, for a long time. And I view blockchain as a potential new operating system for, you know, existing networks, while others might view blockchain as a, you know, as a replacement. I mean, what, what's your perspective? I mean, do these things, uh, do these things coexist or
1: is, is blockchain going to replace the other? Uh, well, I, I must admit that that's a question that's been uh, that that was bogging me down for a while. Uh, but then you know I, we, we took a step back and we tried to look at it holistically. And and uh, of course nothing is static, right? I mean even the supply chain operating networks or digital supply networks they continue to evolve. It's not like we just did EDI transactions and then slowly moved on to providing visibility and then moved on to providing intelligence. Of course that was a journey that we undertook. However, uh, if you look at Elemica in its current state, not only uh, only do we exchange transactions between systems, that's something that's a given. Uh, However, we are uh, are actually, we moved pretty rapidly into providing end-to-end visibility, cross-process visibility. And now we are talking about uh, IoT, getting data directly from devices in terms of temperature, uh, decibel levels, and so on uh, for specific products that are going between buyers and suppliers. We've added machine learning services onto our network. Uh, we've opened up a couple of solutions where we do edge computing. So, and then now we are interoperable with uh, a few other networks, including Ariba. Uh, so, you know, supply chain operating networks and digital supply networks are evolving. So let's let's keep that on one side. Now, blockchain on the other side is also evolving, uh, but its evolution is more towards getting to a steady state. I mean, it's it's nascent. So for it to for us to look at one replacing the other now, I would say is a little premature. So in the short term, I don't think there's a chance of replacement at all. Uh, I'll I'll give you an example, right, with numbers. Uh, So for example, when Elemica transforms data, uh, we store it in our cloud platform, um, and then we obviously process the data, we do data enrichment, we do validations, we apply rules, uh, and then we deliver it through our our patented universal uh, business document technology so let's let's talk about cost of storage so if we imagine that we have to store 1 gb of data and say for the sake of you know um, comparison we have to you know replicate it in amazon web services using s3 storage as well as microsoft azure using blob objects for say 100 years okay uh, it's going to cost you 75 dollars for 1 gb to store across two different geographic regions in two different cloud providers for hundred years. Now let's do a comparison on say Ethereum. Okay. Uh, the cost of Ether as it was pegged against the, uh, as it related to the USD was about hundred and uh, hundred sorry, 700, I think $700 a few years ago. Uh, and then now it's most recently it's at 191 or say $200. So in, in, on one hand, it's a variable to begin with. Uh, a few years ago, for a similar storage on Ethereum, we were talking talking $175,000. So 2,300 times the amount it would take uh, for me to do it using uh, the current tools at my disposition, uh, or maybe around $50,000 using the current uh, rate of ether. So which is about 700 times uh, what it costs me now. So I'm not gonna replace the message storage uh, in a blockchain, in a public blockchain for sure. Uh, And then you think about processing, right? I mean, Visa network, which is probably one of the most uh, network with the most amount of concurrency and traffic, uh, they do 24,000 transactions a second. And Ethereum, I think, boasts of about 15 transactions a second. So by the time you put these data storage requirements and processing requirements, now when you put that together, there's no one is to one replacement at all. Now, will we see a gradual shift in that direction? I think so. I mean, as the cost of storage, cost of processing in the blockchain technology improves, and that's one thing about technology, it continues to improve. Uh, So, you know, people will start realizing that there are certain aspects of of a digital supply network, uh, certain functional or application silos, if I may, that may lend itself better uh, for blockchain technology. So, unless we are talking about Everything in this universe being managed through public blockchains, I think Alimica is in a good position to extend its current services uh, to provide blockchain as a service uh, to our existing trading partners for some of the specific applications where it makes a lot of sense. You know, you brought up uh, you, you
0: know, those, those examples there in terms of scalability and processing time and, and cost is, is kind of brings me to my next question, which is going to be about, you know, what, what are the current challenges and, and, and uh, you know, hurdles? Uh, out there. But I think you're right. I mean, I think it underscores, you know, I think if you're talking about using blockchain to send the equivalent of EDI 214 transactions, I mean, it just doesn't make sense, right? Because I mean, it, it's, it's, you're talking pennies, you know, relatively speaking to tens of thousands of dollars, right? And that kind of, <laughs> that kind of, you know, realm, if you will, it's just from a cost and, and and scalability standpoint, you know, th- those are still hurdles that are out there. I mean, what, what are the other hurdles or challenges exist out there that, blockchain must overcome in order to you know, reach its potential value in supply chain management.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think ultimately somebody has to write the check, right? So the cost benefit needs to be there. Uh, and unfortunately, it's too early to estimate the costs of operating blockchain technology in the supply chain world in its existing magnitude. Uh, but then, you know, you compare it with other technologies, it's very easy to come up with a price. I mean, Elemica is able to easily price and offer uh, a value. In return for the price uh, for a given service that needs to happen with blockchain first so people need to uh, the value proposition needs to be very clear and in order to do that we need to identify what are the transactional efficiencies uh, what are the cost savings in terms of say end product failures what's the business problem you're trying to solve Uh, how much money can you save uh, by tackling the issue around recalls product recalls uh, maybe around litigation Now, would a consumer pay more for a product that offers this level of transparency throughout the supply chain? So once we get some clear yes and no answers to those questions, and you look at companies' willingness to participate. Uh, Now, some companies just want to be part of a buzzword. I've seen that. Uh, So, you know, ultimately it takes a motivated team with clear goals uh, to pull off successful outcomes. So in a nutshell, I would say it's a combination of uh, you know, what are the value props? Uh, what is the clear benefit? What is the associated cost? And focused participation. If we have those pieces lined up, uh, I think that's when uh, you would have tackled some of the biggest challenges uh, that blockchain faces currently.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I agree. Well, Arun, we're getting short of time here, so I'm just going to go right to my last question. I mean, as a, as a way to wrap up, I mean, how do you see the role in, in adoption of, of supply chain, you know, of blockchain and supply chain management evolving you know over the next few years and, and what advice would you give to companies to make sure they keep pace you know with with these developments
1: so you know one thing i i would like to say about blockchain is that it is a captivating technology so unlike other technologies blockchain has broad repercussions uh, in terms of not only the technology in itself but its impact to societal rules Uh, governance uh, at at large so once there are a few successful use cases I think we will notice faster adoption so my recommendation is companies should be on the lookout uh, for tackling specific use cases where it makes sense for adoption and invest cautiously but definitely invest I mean it may take another five to eight years for some aspects of it to be really mainstream but I would say I would urge companies to allocate a modest research and development budget uh, for specific use cases, uh, if not, you know, if not for anything, uh, you know, at least just to stay abreast. So that, that would be my recommendation.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I always tell folks, you know, uh, especially in this day and age, you, you know, staying informed and keeping a pulse on what's happening across the industry in general. So obviously, on the technology front, with things like, uh, you know, blockchain, on the regulatory front, obviously, everything that's happening with, you know, China tariffs and Brexit and so forth. I mean, this is this is one of those industries where you have to, you know, stay informed and keep up to date in terms of what's happening because it's moving so quickly. And the last thing you want to do is you, know, you may not want to be, you know, on the bleeding edge of things when it comes to technology, but you certainly don't want to be. Uh, it's becoming riskier these days to be yeah. a complete laggard. Right. So you want to make sure that, um, y- you know, you're 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 keeping pace at least and, and you've got your, your toes in the water at a minimum. Uh, with, with some of these things. So I think that's, a, that's some great ad- advice. Well, Arun, uh, like I always say, you know, we always manage to scratch the surface on these topics. And certainly with something like blockchain, we could probably have like a whole three-day conference oh, yeah. on, on this whole topic. But, but I think you provided some great uh, insights and perspectives on this topic. So again, thank
1: you very much for making the time to be with us today. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. As usual, uh, I, I like talking, uh, talking about technology and I like being uh, talking to you as well, Adrian. Thanks a lot.
0: Great. Well, you know, it might be interesting to maybe uh, touch base a year from now and, and see how much progress or what changes have come about uh, in, this, in this whole area. So um, again, I want to thank those of you that joined us today. If you're watching this on, uh, on demand at the Alemica website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Arun, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day. Thank you.